revised standard version that we are going to read from today. If I can find it, praise the Lord. There it is. Amen. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. Say somebody, she was barren. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, you see that the Lord hath prevented me from bearing children. Go in to my slave girl. It may be that, uh, watch this, look at that phrase, y'all. Look at that phrase, look at that phrase. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram, here we go. He, he acting like his great, 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 great granddaddy Adam right here. I know, I know y'all don't see that. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Verse 3, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He, Abram, went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, this is Hagar, she looked with contempt upon her mistress, Sarai. Then Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me. Now she mad. May the wrong done to me be on you. Now she has a valid point here. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord, now she want to bring Jesus in it. Kind of late now, but here we are. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, relax, girl. Chill. Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she, Hagar, ran away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Blessed be the name of God. Can we give God praise for the music ministry on this morning? Amen. Amen. They encouraged us this morning that I... To remember that we promise we serve until we die. Amen. And to hang on in there. And this is a great time to remember that. To hang on in there. You know, we spend a lot of time, especially this time of the year, uh, considering not just ourselves, but our brothers and sisters who have lost loved ones. Um, and especially for those of us that have recently lost loved ones and how difficult and trying and uh, depressing this time of the year can be for those who are remembering mama who's gone or daddy who's gone or grandma and grandpa who's gone or some parent who's lost a child and is spending uh, their first Thanksgiving and Christmas season without their loved ones. Uh, we would ask that you would remember the family of my friend down in Lancaster County, Pastor Ulysses Turner, they are going to celebrate uh, these holidays for the first time without their father, amen, who I believe is being laid to rest on today. So we extend our prayers to Pastor Ulysses Turner and his family and Beulah Baptist Church down in Lancaster, Virginia. And so we remember all of you in this season of prayer. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for giving us another opportunity to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, thy servants wait to hear from thee. And I pray that you will use me, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, we thank you for being our strength and our redeemer. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Those that love the Lord said together, amen. Would you look to the left and to the right and say, I'm so glad to see you. Amen. 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 Will you thank God for those joining us virtually on this morning? Praise the Lord. 
if I could share very briefly with you from this thought. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. In this 16th chapter of Genesis, we find what I hope is a familiar story. It is one that we have all heard. It is one that has also been told by our own lives. It is the story of people trying to help situations that they really can't help. It is human nature to see a troubling situation and want to help. It is completely normal for one to see another in suffering and make a decision to go and offer some help. It is not necessarily a bad thing to want to help those who find themselves in need. In fact, it is usually something we would want others to do for us to help us when we fall into a state of, of despair. But one thing life has taught me is this. I'm not called to help everyone in every situation every time. I know, I know, I know. If, if, if you don't pay attention to that, it sounds really crazy. You, you're a Christian. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. You got to understand, even as a Christian, watch this, even Jesus went away to be by himself sometimes. Even, even Jesus had to separate from the people sometimes. Even Jesus told the disciples that if you go into a city and they don't receive you, you dust the, uh, kick the dust off your feet and you move on to the next place. So even Jesus Christ himself understood. Watch this. He went back home to do some miracles and show them the power of God at work in his life. And he understood that a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown amongst the people that he knows. And that's why the Bible says that he did not do many works in Nazareth because they did not have belief. So it is important for us to understand that we are not called, I'm using that word on purpose, to help everyone in every situation every time. Now, I know that's a lot to unpack, so let's look at it. Firstly, I'm not called to help everyone. What does this mean, Lamar? Thank you for asking. That's a great question. This means that just because I see a need, it doesn't mean that God has called me to that need. Y'all stay with me. This, right. this is going to confuse most of you in the beginning, but hopefully you get it by the end. Let me read that part one more time. Just because I see a need, it doesn't mean that God has called me to address that need. This means that just because I see trouble, God, that doesn't mean that God has given me the answer. If you don't believe me, consider this. How can you help someone in a situation that you yourself have never been in? Can I help somebody else? How can you help somebody out of a situation that you got into and still stuck in? How are you going to help me out if you're still in the same mess that I'm trying to get out of? Come on, somebody. How is it that you can go and give advice to, uh, advice to somebody about something that you aren't even knowledgeable about? That's what I mean when I say that you are not called to help everyone in every situation, every time. It would be uh, most beneficial for me to say to my brother or my sister every once in a while that I can't help you in this matter. However, I know somebody and every once in a while, we've got to stop and see the situation. Yes, I know you texted me. Yes, I know you called me. Yes, I know you believe that I'm able to help you. But the reality is I'm stuck in the same situation. I can't help you. I haven't been delivered from the same thing, so I can't help you. Watch this. I've never been through that type of situation, so I really can only give you an outsider's perspective. But here's who I can refer you to because I know what they have been through. I know what God has brought them out of I know what their testimony is and since I can't help you the least I can do instead of getting in your way is refer you to somebody that can help you out of your situation look at somebody and say let me help you out let me help you out 
Let me help you out. Secondly, I'm not only am I not called to everyone, but I'm not called to every situation. This means that every once in a while, I have to watch this, sit this one out. Mm, 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 mm. When I tell y'all this thing sat on me, when I say the Lord knocked me clear upside the front, full side, and the back part of my head with this sermon. He says, every once in a while, Lamar, you just got to sit this one out. We, we find ourselves trying to help people, watch this, that don't need our help, but they need God. And we do that sometimes because we have a pride complex. Y'all won't say nothing. We do that sometimes because we feel like we are Superman. We are Batman. We are the superhero that wears the cape. We, sometimes our own pride makes us believe that we can help everybody and anybody with every situation and every situation. But I've learned something about humility. Sometimes humility says to me, boy, you better go sit down somewhere because if you get involved with this situation, it's going to stress you out. If you get involved with this person's ordeal, you're going to be tired and worn out and you're going to be beat down. Watch this. They're already in a mess and have no idea how messy the situation is. But if you get involved with this thing and God hasn't called you to it, you're going to get stuck in it and it's going to be worse for you than it is on them. We often find ourselves trying to help people that don't need our help. They just need God's help. Because if you're not careful, watch this. You can become someone else's God. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. If, if, if you're not careful, you can become somebody else's support system. If you're not careful, you can become the object of somebody's praise and thanksgiving. And if you're really not careful, you can become the object of their worship. Why? Because the last time they came to you, you helped them out. So instead of going to God, they keep coming back to you. The last time they needed some money, they didn't pray and ask God. They came to you and you gave it to them. So now they see you as their provider instead of Jehovah Jireh. The last time they were sick, watch this, they leaned on you. They didn't think coming from God. So now they see you as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Every once in a while, you'll find yourself getting wrapped up in other people's stuff and now they have made you God. But you got to be careful because I read somewhere where he said, I will have no other. Now you're wondering why hell and destruction has come into your life and all you're really trying to do is help. But the reality is you have allowed yourself to become a God in somebody else's life. And so God is not just going to go deal with them. He's going to come and deal with you and remind you that even though you were able to help them, the only reason you were able to help them is because he was your help. Look at somebody and tell them, let me help you out. 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 God has already told us that he will have no other God before us. I can't help every situation because just like with me, sometimes I am in the situation I'm in because God wants to show himself mighty in my life. Uh-oh. That's a good point. Somebody should write that down. Watch this. Sometimes you find yourself in the situation that you are in because God is trying to do something in your life. And so watch this. I have prayed many times that people have come to ask me for help. And I say, God, is this a place for me to step in? Is, is this a place for me to show up? And sometimes God will say, yes, I need you to go and do this. And sometimes he'll say no. And, so when, and I've learned that he'll say no. Why? Because in the valley is where you find out who God really is. In the storms of life is where you find out who God really is. Sometimes it's in sickness that you find out who God really is. Sometimes it's in your season of lack that you find out who God really is. Sometimes it's in the season that you're hungry and there's no food on the table that you find out who God really is. And sometimes watch this. People come and get us out of our own storms way too early. That's why we find ourselves right back in the same storm because it was in the storm that God was trying to show me something. But because I asked him to get me out of it too early, I missed the lesson that I was supposed to get in. Watch this. Sometimes we do the exact same thing for our brothers and our sisters. We want to save them. We want to help them. We want to rescue them. But here's the reason that they are in what they are in. Because God wants to show them who he is in their mess. God wants to show them who he is in their lion's den. God wants to show him who he is in their fiery furnace. And if I go and get them out too early, I'm really just setting them up to go through the same situation all over again because the lesson wasn't in the coming out, the lesson was in the coming in. Let me help you out, 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 let me help you out. <laughs> you can't do 
what he wants to do if I keep coming to people's rescue. He can't do what he wants to do if he, watch this, the reason why Jonah had to spend three days in the belly of the whale, the fish, whatever you want to call it, was not because of, uh, not so much because of his disobedience, because, watch this, God could have dealt with his disobedience any other way. Remember, Jesus referred back to Jonah in the New Testament when he said, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. But if Jonah had never been swallowed, Jesus would have never had that to lean on. And it was inside the belly of this large whale, this large fish, that Jonah really realized who God was. Watch this. It was in that situation that Jonah really heard the voice of God because now he's separated from everything that was going on in the world. Now it's just him and God in the belly of this fish. It's now just him and God being able to commune with each other. And it was in that hardship where Jonah didn't just hear the voice of God, but that's where he learned what his life calling was, which was to go ye therefore and teach all nations. I don't care if you don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't care if you don't want to go to uh, Richmond. I don't care if you don't want to go to Chesterfield. I don't care if you don't want to go to Maryland. I don't care if you don't want to go to Africa. If I'm telling you to go, there's something in it, not just for those who I'm sending you to, but there's something in it also for you. And you don't want to lose and miss out on God's blessing because you have told God, I know your plan better than Because that's what Jonah was doing. Jonah was saying to God, I know how to do this. I got this under control. I don't need your help. Hmm. Sometimes God's plan for my life includes hardship. <sighs> Sometimes his plan for my life includes brokenness. Y'all won't say amen. Sometimes his plan includes difficulties and storms. That if you get me out too early, I'll miss what he has for me. Because not only can I not help everyone, and I cannot help every situation, but watch this. I, thirdly, I can't help every time. This is because time is a very precious, precious gift. And once it is gone, we can't get it back. And I've learned recently a word that I thought was a profane word. It's only two letters long. But it's a word that I've learned. Watch this. It's a word that even Caden has learned. That boy, let me, let, me, I'm a, I'm a, let me help y'all out. That boy has learned how to pronounce and enunciate very well the word no. There are... There are things that he says sometimes, and I'm like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? But that no, when that no comes out of that little two-year-old boy, you know exactly what it means. Ain't no question about it. No. And, and watch this. Watch this. Can, thank you, Holy Spirit. I just got it. I just got it in this very moment. From my two-year-old son, I am learning how to say And a child shall. I'm learning. I just got it in this very moment as I stand here before you. I just got it. That if my two-year-old can understand the word no and how to use it and how to say it. Watch this. He don't care if it's daddy. He don't care if it's mama. He don't care if it's Nana or Mimi. When he, mean, when he wants to say no, he's going to say it. I just learned it in this very moment. Every once in a while, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If your answer is no, then that's what you need to say. I just got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look at somebody and just tell them no. You just made somebody mad, but it's all right. They'll get over it tomorrow. They'll get over it tomorrow. Amen. Thirdly, I can't help every, I can't help every time because I have to learn how to say no. If I haven't learned how to say no, watch this. The expectation of people will always be yes. And when the expectation of is always yes, 
the moment you start to say no, now people are offended. They're offended. How dare you tell me no? You ain't never told me no before. Can I talk to a husband in this room? What you mean no? Honey, you just bought a five pair of shoes yesterday. Yeah, but I saw this sale. All right, let me leave y'all alone. Let me, let me, let me, let me talk to some wife. H honey, you just watched the last three football games. What do you mean? I can't watch another game? No. Turn off the TV. Come spend some time with me. Praise the Lord. Y'all won't say nothing. Okay, okay. <coughs> okay, let me let me move on. I ain't been married long enough to teach nobody. Let me keep going. All right. I have to learn how to take my own mental health seriously. Sometimes your mental health is off because you haven't learned how to say. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. Because I'd have been there. I, that, that was a role. I had I had a savior complex. That's why I can talk about this way. I had a savior complex because it felt good to be able to go and help people. It felt good, but I had to understand I'm not your God. That's why I make people mad a whole different way now. They come and ask me about something. I say, well, now my new response is, well, did you pray about it? Did the Lord send you over here or did your flesh bring you? Because here, here's the situation. It, this might not be my time to help you. The situation you're in, I may not be able to help you out of. Did you pray before you came over here bothering me? <laughs> I was doing real good. Now you're over here with your troubles. I got enough troubles of my own. Tell your neighbor, I got enough troubles of my own. That's my new response to people. They get mad. They get mad, too. I, that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Well, hey. You came to me. That's my response. Did you pray about it? Because what you're not going to do is have God mad at me because you keep coming to me and bypassing him. Because you making me your first choice and him your last. That devil is a lie. You won't do that to me. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm going to need you to turn on around, go back there. Now, if he sends you back to me, I'm here. But you'll find, you will find that sometimes if I go to God, watch this. I will find out that I've been doing the wrong thing the whole time. Here it is, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge, not me, not the pastor, not the deacons, not the trustees. Watch this. Not your mama, not your daddy, not grandma, not grandpa, not your teacher, not your coach. In, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path so that if he sends you back to your mama, you know that he directed your path. If he sends you to the pastor or the deacon, you know that he has directed your path. If he sends you to your teacher, your principal, or your coach, you know that he has directed your path. Look at somebody and say, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. Say, I've got to learn how to take my own mental health seriously. I've got to learn, watch this, how to give attention to things that I am actually called to do. And not just the things I want to do. So this means I can't help in every situation. In fact, it's impossible for you to do that because you are not God and you cannot be everywhere at the same time. As we look to our text this morning, we find a story of people trying to help situations that they can't help. It's in this story that Abraham forgets the promise of God. God had already told Abram, I'm going to give you a son. He said, I'm going to make you a father whose descendants will be like the dust of the earth. He showed up again. When Abram was in a faithless situation and he said, don't forget, I'm going to make you a father whose descendants will be like the stars in the sky. 
Abraham, in this chapter, again forgets the promise of God. And, and remember, it was his wife, Sarah, Sarai, who when the angel appeared to her and said, in your old age, I'm going to cause you to do something you don't think you can do. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm going to cause you to birth something that you don't think you can give birth to. In, in your old age, I'm going to remind you that it's not about your natural body, but it's about my spirit that's at work in you. In your old age, I'm going to show you that this ain't got nothing to do with you, but it's got everything to do with my hand being on you. When, this, when the angel of the Lord came with this message, what she do? <laughs> you funny. That, that's a good one right there. As long as I've been here, I ain't had no children yet. Now you telling me <laughs> that these eggs been dried up, ain't nothing in there but dust. Abraham pushed too hard. We're going to have a whole other situation going on. And now you about to, you telling me I'm about to be somebody's mama? She laughed. That's, a, that's where Isaac got his name from. It means laughter. So then, in this 16th chapter, not only does Abram forget, but Sarai forgets. Because watch this. They have done what we often do. They got tired of waiting on the Lord. They got, they got tired of waiting on the Lord because, God, you told me yesterday that it was going to get fixed. And before yesterday can even end, you mad because he hasn't done it yet. God, you told me last year that I was going to be in my new house. This year has come and I'm still uh, uh, renting out somebody's bedroom in their house. God, you told me that you were going to heal my body, but I'm still taking radiation and I'm still going through chemotherapy. Head and fell out, skin didn't got wrinkly, eyes didn't got dark. You said, now we're mad because watch this, he didn't do it in the time period that we thought he should do it. But if I know anything about God, is he's a promise keeper. And if he told me he was going to do it yesterday and it hasn't been done today, watch this. I'm going to look to tomorrow because before he takes me up out of here, he's got to complete his promise to me. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. So like us, they, they got tired of waiting on the Lord. They, they didn't do what David said, which was wait on the Lord and be of good courage. They, they were not of good courage and they got tired of waiting. So, so Sarai comes up with this uh, stupid stupid idea. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know it's, it's, it's rude to say, but it's all right. It, was, it, it is what it is. It was stupid. It was a stupid idea that this woman who doesn't even believe God is able to give her a child thinks that she can help God. You didn't even believe that God was able to do it, so you think you can help him? By going to your husband and saying, hey, uh, you know, I was thinking. <sighs> we supposed to have this child. Child ain't got here yet. We've been trying. We've been trying. We've been trying. Nothing's happened. Getting a little older. Maybe, this is what it's saying. I'm, I'm, I'm right here in the book. Maybe what God meant was, see, this is where the trouble started. Maybe what God meant was, Somebody else is supposed to help you with this child. Now, the angel appeared to Sarai, not Hagar. The promise was to Abraham through his wife, Sarai, not Hagar. Isn't it something that the same God who flung the sun to rule over the day and the moon to rule over the night, we think we can help? Isn't it something that the same God who created a planet of water and reached down into the crust of the earth and pulled up dry land, we think we can help him? Isn't it strange 
that the same God who keeps us in our right mind, we think that we know his plan for our life better than he does. But that's what we do. That's what we do. We, we, we get just like Sarah sometimes where, where she says, God, let me help you out. That's literally what she did. She said, God, I don't believe you can do it. So let me help you out. That's my thought for this morning. Let me help you out. Let me, let me help you out. Because Sarai said, I, I, I can't do this on my own. And in fact, I'm not the one for this. Maybe you're going to go and have a child with Sarai. Oh, excuse me, with Hagar. So now, so now Abram, Abram, with his foolish self, bless his heart. What's the Bible say? And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Now, remember, the promise also came to Sarai. It was kind of just like back in the garden. Because God said to Adam, don't eat from the tree. And when they found themselves in trouble, that fool says, this woman you gave me. Here we see it all over again. Here we see it all over again. Here we see it all over again. This is why it is important for the men of the world to stand in their rightful place. Because what God has given us, we are now responsible for making sure those who are connected to us hear what God says. Because at the end of the day, the responsibility falls back on us. I know I just hurt some feminist feelings. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. That, that, that issue is not with me. It's with the Lord. Take it up with him. Because I'm going to ignore you. Praise God. I'm going to say, what does the Bible say? Okay, moving on. So he's, he, he listens to the voice of his wife, and he goes, and he lays with Hagar, and Hagar has a child. And now Hagar's like, nah, 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 I had a baby. You can't have one. Maybe your husband really married the wrong woman. Should have been my mama. Obviously, you can't do nothing for him. I know y'all don't hear these conversations. These are the conversations that I hear. Because, again, I, again, I fully believe that these was colored folks right here. I, 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 know how these, I know exactly how this conversation went. That's why some of y'all won't say amen, because y'all know it's true. Praise the Lord. So now, so now she's looking at Sarai. Watch this. Who is her master, by the way. By the way, she's still a slave girl. And now Sarai gets mad because the decision that she made flipped around on her. This is what happens every time you think you can help God. Every time you think you can help God, God will allow you to go through a season where he reminds you it ain't about you. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. So, as the story goes, she gets mad with Hagar. She then goes to Abram. Now she's cussing out Abram. I know it's not written here, but I, I know how the conversation went. I know exactly how this conversation went. Especially after that other woman started being the other woman. Barbara. <laughs> Y'all know the song. <laughs> I'm coming to you, woman. <laughs> to woman. So, 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 so here we are. Now she cussing out Abraham. After she the one that told him. But she's got a valid point because what Abram should have done was said, this ain't the way. What Abram should have said was, no, no, I, I, I know you're tired of waiting. And I, I, know, I know it seems like it's not happening, but the promise of the Lord is this. And this is what we've got to stand on. And this is what we've got to believe in. Can I help somebody? You've been waiting for God to manifest his promise. Let me help you. Just like they sang this morning. Hang on. Hang on. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, that settles it. I can lean on it. I can depend on it. I can know it's coming to pass. If it takes me five days, if it takes me five weeks, if it takes me five months, if it takes me five years, watch this. If it takes five generations, whatever promise the Lord made, he shall deliver on his word. 
may the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, your slave is in your power. Do to her as you please. But then she takes revenge on her. She, the Bible says she treated her harshly. I told you I was coming from the thought, let me help you out. Can I help somebody out this morning? You can't help God. God don't need nothing from you. Let me say that again. God don't need nothing from you. God don't need your time. God don't need your money. God, watch this, watch this. I'm going to say this. Y'all going to think I'm real crazy. Watch this. God don't need your praise. God don't need your worship. Around the throne right now, angels and elders sitting, sitting around his throne, giving him all the praise and worship he can get all the day long. He don't need that from you. But, but here's the thing about it. He desires to know that you love him. He desires to know that you appreciate him. He desires to know that you're thankful for how he woke you up this morning and started you on your way. Let me help you out. He desires to know that you can look back over your life and remember if he did it before, he's able to do it again. He desires to know that you are, that he is the reason why you could see when you opened up your eyes and you could hear when the alarm clock went off. He desires to know that you thank him for being the one that helped you get the job to make the money, to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage to pay the car payment to go to the store and eat all that nasty terrible food that you shouldn't be eating come on somebody he wants to know that you think enough of him that you'll give him praise but that you'll get close enough to him so that you can give him worship let me help you out on this morning we can't help god but if we're careful we can let him help us i come to help somebody this morning i don't want to be like abram was trying to help god out of my flesh because if i do it out of my flesh i'm going to create trouble if i do it out of my flesh i'm going to have friend against friend and family member against family member watch this ishmael was a being the son of abram was still uh uh uh, uh, going to be blessed he was the father of 12 children but some of them children are still at each other's throats to this day the reason why there's so much unrest and turmoil in the middle east is because of this story right here because somebody thought that he could help god out but let me help you out this morning god don't need your help and he don't want your help but he wants to know that you'll come to him in your time of need. Let me help you out this morning. One thing I learned about this story is that just because I can't help him doesn't mean I can't help you. But in my helping you, I've got to understand that I can only help you if he sends me. I can only help you if it's my time to help you. I can only help you if it's a situation that I can help you out of. I can only help you if he says, Lamar, go. I can only help you if he says, Lamar, witness to them. I can only help you if he says, Lamar, tell them your testimony. Because sometimes we get ourselves in trouble trying to help God. But here's the situation right here. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Look at somebody and say, let me help you out. I came to help somebody this morning. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. (laughs) He shall not suffer thy foot to be moved. (laughs) And that's why I lift up my eyes to the hills. I told you I was coming from the thought, let me help you out. I want to help somebody this morning. God is a very present help in the time of trouble and that's why I can't always lean on you because you're not ever present you can't always be there when I'm in trouble but let me help you out God will be there when you're in trouble he's an ever-present help in my time of trouble he's an ever-present help in my time of sickness he's an ever-present help in my time of depression he's an ever-present help in my time of sorrow he's an ever-present help in my time of bereavement he's an ever-present help in the time that the bills can't get paid. He's an ever-present help in the times where my belly is empty and there's no food in the cabinet. He's an ever-present help in the times that uh, my mouth is dry and there's no water in the faucet. Come on, somebody. He's an ever-present help when somebody stabs me in the back and I feel like I've got nobody to lean on. Let me help you out on this morning. God will help you no matter where you find yourself, no matter what situation you are in, no matter how deep 
sheep you have fallen, no matter how far away from the road you have strayed, don't be like Abram and don't be like Sarai. But understand this, if you wait on the Lord and if you be of good courage, God will keep his promise unto you. He may not come when you want him to come. He may not come on the day that you want him to come. He may not come in the season that you want him to come. He may not come before mama dies. He may not come before your children get off the street. He may not come before the marriage fails. He may not come before the doctor gives you good news. But when he comes, I can tell you that he'll be on time. I can tell you right now that sometimes he don't even come on time. But every once in a while, he'll come early. Sometimes he comes after I pray. But every once in a while, he'll show up in my prayer. Sometimes he meets me in darkness. But every once in a while, he'll show up while the sun is shining. Sometimes he'll meet me on the mountaintop. But every once in a while, he'll meet me in the valley. Sometimes he comes when I've got friends all around me. But I'm glad that he'll show up when I'm all by myself. Sometimes he'll come on Sunday. But every once in a while, he'll wait till Friday. He showed up in 2018 and 2019. And I felt like I was by myself in 2020 and 2021. But I thank God that he brought me through 2022 because he'll meet me right where I am. For some of you, you're still thinking about COVID. But he was there before COVID. He's been there through COVID. And he'll be there at the end of COVID. He was there when he said, you're going to give birth. And he's been there while your belly was empty. But hold on to think that he's put on the inside of you. He's going to allow you to push that thing out. Look at somebody and say, I'm birthing something. I'm birthing something. I'm, I'm birthing something. Let me help you out. God is a promise keeper. And if he gave the promise to you, the manifestation of that promise is coming through you. It's not coming through them. It's not coming through him or through her. The angel of the Lord appeared to you. So the promise is coming through you. If the math is right, it was some 25 years between the time that the angel appeared to Abram and the time that Isaac showed up on the scene. 25 years. That's why I give a little bit of grace to Abram. I give a little bit of grace to him because if I had to wait 25 years, I'd have some questions too. Get it? Let's just be real. Let's just be real. God, you told me in 1975 you were going to do something. Here it is, 2022, and you ain't done it yet. Let me help you out. If he said it, God has been 30 years, but if he said it, God, the bills would do last week if he told you that he's going to provide. Every time I go down there to that hospital, the doctor don't tell me nothing I want to hear but by his stripes. Let me help you out. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. I like the King James translation because when you say exceedingly and abundantly, you're saying two different things. I like the King James version because it says exceeding abundantly, which means he's not just going to do what you think is abundant, but he's going to exceed the abundance that you can conjure up in your mind. And here's the best part about it. Because he is spirit, there's no possible way for you to even think about what he's going to do. Because the moment you get to the place where you think you figured out what he's going to do, watch this. He's going to exceed it. Ah, glory. 
to the place, when you get to the point where you have conceived in your heart what you think he's going to do, watch this, he's going to exceed it. He's going to look at you right square in the eye and say, you thought that I was going to do this. Hold on. Watch what I do next. You thought me showing up on your deathbed the last time was something. Watch this. I'm not just going to show up on your deathbed, but I'm going to restore the strength of your youth to you. That where you used to walk slowly, you'll be able to run quickly. Oh, okay. Y'all don't want to receive it. That's fine. Let me talk. Let me let me talk to somebody who wants to hear where 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 I showed up and and provided enough last time. Next time I'm going to show up and provide more than enough. OK, 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 OK. I ain't talked to the right person yet. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Where where I showed up the last time. And brought you back to a place of happiness, because, you know, happiness is only temporary. The next time I show up, I'm going to pull you so far out of your depression that you will remember, no matter what you face, that it's my joy that will be your strength. I come to help somebody this morning. I come to help somebody this morning. Y'all stand up. You've been trying to figure out, God, what are you going to do? God, how are you going to do it? God, when are you going to do it? And I would encourage you to, instead of wondering those things, just thank him that it's already done. Just thank him that it's already done. Just thinking that it's already done. God, I don't see it, but I know you're going to do it, so thank you. God, it still looks a little crazy right now, but I remember the promise that you gave me, so I'm going to thank you. Because if I thank you already doing it, that keeps me from focusing on the fact that it hasn't been done yet. Because if I keep thinking about the fact that it hasn't been done, watch this. Watch this. I open up myself to doubting who you are. But if I focus on thanking you for already doing it, I can remember, watch this, I can remember that you are the God who said I am, that I am. So whatever I need you to be, you are. Not you will be, not you have been, even though you have been and even though you will be, you are present tense. Right now, you are my healing. Right now, you are my joy. Right now, you are my direction. Right now, you are my peace. Hallelujah. Right now, you are my way out. <laughs> right now, you are my sunshine in the rain. <laughs> right now, you are the mender of my brokenness. <laughs> right now, you are the potter and I am the clay. <laughs> right now, you are my right when I want it wrong. <laughs> right now, you are my up when I'm down. <laughs> right now, you are my way out when I'm stuck in the mess that I'm in. <laughs> right now, you are the table that's spread before me in the presence. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. I just want to thank you for what you are right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for helping us out this morning. Thank you for Reminding us that you are a God who needs no help from us. And that even if we try to help you, we'll mess it up. That even if we try to help you, we'll get it wrong. That even if we try to help you, watch this. We can ruin it for generations and generations behind us. But thank you for showing us that if you've made a promise to us, you are more than able to keep the promise. So for my brother, for my sister who is 
in this very moment, whether they're in the room or whether they're watching online, that is in this moment, that is waiting for the manifestation of your promise. Here's my prayer, oh God, that you strengthen them and give them endurance. They don't need faith. They already know you can do it. They don't need hope. They believed you when you gave it to them. They need endurance that if they have to wait 5, 10, 15, 20 years, that they can do that. That while they are waiting, they don't try to help you. That while they are waiting, they don't lose hope. They don't lose faith. That while they are waiting, they continue to do what you've called them to do. That while they are waiting, they say, Lord, I'm still available to be used by you. That while they are yet waiting, watch this, that they'll still celebrate with others when their promise comes. That they won't have a spirit of jealousy and envy and spite because you did it for somebody else first but that they will look at what you have done for somebody else and be reminded that my time is coming. Ha! Yes, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for the spirit of endurance that says to me, run on and see. Run on and see. Don't get lazy and start walking, but run on and see. Don't close your eyes. Don't turn your back, but run on and see because what I want to see is your goodness in the land of the living. What I want to see is the table that's spread where the feast of the Lord is going on. What I want to see is how you're going to keep me and how you're going to progress me and how you're going to endure me. What I want to see is how you do it for my brother and how you do it for my sister. What I want to see is how you pick me up, turn me around and place my feet on side. What I want to see is how late in the midnight hour you'll show up So God, give us the strength to run on and see, see what, what the end will be. And before you take us out of here, you, promise-keeping God, manifest everything that you have already told us. In Jesus' name. To the unsaved, there's a family of believers waiting for you to come and join us. If you're in the room, we just lift your hands. If you're watching online, how do you know you're not saved? You've got to believe in your heart. If you never confess with your mouth, which is a vital part of the process, but you've still got to believe in your heart the Lord Jesus. Believe that God allowed him to die on Golgotha's hill. Believe that God allowed him to lay in a tomb that belonged to a man named Joseph from Arimathea. You've got to believe that on the third day, early in the morning, when the women went there, that the tomb was empty because he rose with all power in his hand. You, you got to believe that even in this very moment that he is sitting at the right hand of his father and our father interceding for us. You got to believe that. And when you believe that, you've got to say to him, come into my heart. Come and be my shepherd. Come and be my savior. That's how you know you are saved. If you haven't walked that process, we want to extend that invitation to you. It's a dysfunctional family. We don't always get along. We don't always agree. Every once in a while we argue and we fight. But we are a family. We are a family. And we know that there's a great reunion that lays ahead of us. That as the songwriter said, when we all get to heaven, what a day, hallelujah, of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing and we will shout the victory. We just want to make sure you get to go to that reunion with us. We want to make sure that you get a valid ticket.
to board the old ship of Zion or the gospel train. We want to make sure that if we get there before you, that one day we can look and see you coming through the gates. Or if you get there before us, that you'll be somewhere around God's throne welcoming us when it's our turn to come. If you're in the room, just lift your hands. If you're watching online in the comments section, wave your hand and say, it's me, it's me, it's me. We want to pray with you. We'll reach out to you and we will pray with you and make sure that you make the most important decision of your entire life. A decision, watch this, that is imperative for the generations to come. A decision that is very important to the success and the livelihood of your bloodline. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to your name. I feel God. I feel God in this room. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for thinking enough of us that you would allow your spirit to inhabit the praises of your people here at this branch of Zion. I know that you have visited other places, but I thank you that you saw fit to come and see about us. There are needs in this room that need to be met that these, your sons, your daughters will never speak of, but you know what they are. As the pastor of this house, I pray that you go and dispatch angels to every need in this room. The spoken and the unspoken. Meet the need in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will be a healer. See about that back pain. See about that, that knee pain. See about that pain in the middle of that foot. See about that headache, oh God, in the name of Jesus. See about that kink in the neck, oh God. Watch this. God, go and see about the tension that they have piled up in their shoulders trying to carry the weight of their own responsibilities and the responsibilities of others. Go, God, and be a healer. Be a healer in such a way, oh God, that the unstable blood pressure becomes stable even now. Oh God, thank you that sugar and cholesterol are regulated even right now. Do it in a miraculous way, but do it, oh God, with a spirit of discipline. That says to your children, eat right, exercise right, make sure you get enough rest, make sure you drink enough water. For you only gave us these bodies temporarily and we are responsible for making sure that we take care of them so that we can go forth and do the work that you've called for us to do. As much as I can do from the hospital bed, I can do so much more if I can get up on my feet. So help us to take care of these temporary shells, oh God. And not just our physical bodies, but help us to take care of our spirit, man. That we spend time in your word, that we spend time in meditation with you. That every once in a while we put down the phone and we turn off the TV and we, we stop thinking about all the cares of this world and we just spend time with you. Hallelujah. So that when you release us to go out into the vineyard, the highways and the hedges, that we can go out and be effective witnesses for you and your kingdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray now for everyone under the sound of my voice that you'll watch over us, that you'll keep us, that you'll never turn from us, that even if we turn from you, that you'll stay right where you are so we can come back to you. I thank you for peace in every storm in the room. Keep them there until you, until you get to them what they need. Help them to, to see the lesson in their storm, in their valley, in their fiery furnace, in their lion's den, in their hardship. Help them to see it, oh God, so that when they come out, they don't have to go through it again. Glory to your name. I pray now for every, every mother and every father in the room that is praying and interceding for some son and some daughter. Strengthen them that they can pray without ceasing for every guardian, for every auntie, for every uncle, 
every grandmother, every grandfather, oh God, strengthen them that their prayers continue. I pray now, oh God, in the name of Jesus, for every employee that has a co-worker that's going through something, that you will strengthen them, watch this, to say no when it's a no, but to witness when the answer is yes. In the name of Jesus. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. I thank you for direction. There are at least two people under the sound of my voice that are seeking God for direction. You are standing at a fork in the road with multiple directions. You know some directions are not for you. But you're looking at some other directions and you're saying, I could go this way and it would be good and I could go that way. I pray that God gives you clarity that you go in the direction not that's good for you, but that's great for you. I thank you, oh God, for opening up minds, but help us to understand that just because it's a good idea doesn't mean that it's a God idea. God, help us discern. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands all over this room. Say, Lord, increase my discernment. Mm. Mm. Say that again. Lord, increase my discernment. Say, Lord, speak to my heart. Say, Lord, help me to know your voice so a stranger I will not follow. Thank you, Jesus. God, if you prepare to leave this place, 